0: That's exactly the right model is to think about your mental health in the context of your work and your life and then think about what you can do to create that protection around your mental health. That means that when those stresses inevitably do come along, you know what you need to do to manage them.
1: in infrastructure, whether it's in a financial, a legal or a technical role, can be enormously demanding. We work under tight deadlines, we deal with complex problems. There's no question that the pressure of the work that we do can have an adverse effect on our mental health. In recognition of World Mental Health Day, we're doing something a little different in this episode of the project. We're sharing with you a conversation between Nick Chisholm, who's chair of the IPFA, and Paul Farmer, who's CEO of MIND, the UK's leading mental health charity. Really grateful to the IPFA for allowing us to share this conversation with you. IPFA is the leading association for infrastructure and energy professionals worldwide. We highly recommend that you check them out at ipfa.org. This conversation is useful and insightful precisely because it deals with mental health in the context of the work we do in infrastructure. One of the themes discussed in the conversation you're about to hear is the importance of having a strong personal network of people who understand where you are at and what you are going through. We're running a monthly meetup and networking session for members of the Project Finance Institute. And if you'd like to connect with a group of professional peers, we warmly invite you to come along. The sessions are free, they run every month, and you can join by searching for the Project Finance Institute app on your app store of choice, or by signing up at members.projectfinanceinstitute.com. Okay, over to Nick and Paul.
2: Today we're talking about the very topical issue of mental health, an issue that uh, I was struck reading earlier this week, an article that said that uh, nearly 70% of lawyers have reported um, experiencing mental health issues over the last 12 months. So it's an issue we should all be talking about. And so it's great that I'm joined today ahead of World Mental Health Day on the 10th of October by Paul Farmer, Uh, CEO of Mind, a mental health charity. Paul, hello, you're very welcome. Hello, Nick. How are you? I'm good, thank you. I'm good. And you?
0: Yeah, pretty, pretty well. Thanks. It's a very busy time of the year for us. But um, it's World Mental Health Day is one of those moments where we we celebrate our mental health as well. So uh, it's a nice, nice time to be doing this work.
2: Well, I appreciate you joining us. And um, maybe we'll start, Paul, if you want to introduce yourself, introduce minds and introduce us to World Mental Health Day.
0: Yeah, thanks. Um, so uh, MIND is a UK-based uh, mental health charity uh, providing help and support to around about half a million people every year. Uh, we campaign for uh, sort of better care and support for people with mental health problems, but we also provide direct help and support through our information services and our network of over 100 local MIND Um, across across the UK Um, and we also are part of a wider network of voluntary organisations um, across the world that support support people with mental health problems and our very simple uh, long-term vision is that everyone with a mental health problem should get the support and respect that they deserve. Um, so uh, as, as probably Britain's leading mental health charity, we play a big role in looking forward to supporting the uh, the conversations about world Mental Health Day and World Mental Health Day comes around every year uh, and it, it, it's designed to really give create put a spotlight onto uh, all everybody's mental health, the way in which we think about our mental health and the way in which we think about, we support other people's mental health because uh, this is something that affects absolutely every single one of us and probably even more so over the last um, uh, 18 months or so during the pandemic where we probably all had to think about our own mental
2: health. And what's the theme of World Mental Health Day this year Paul?
0: Well the theme is uh, all about um, mental health in an unequal world and really it's all about the Issue of inequalities uh, that in the context of mental health. And we know that, I suppose, in many communities, in many countries, that people with mental health problems face uh, stigma, they face um, a kind of discrimination and uh, we know that for very long-standing historical reasons um, in the UK as well as in many other countries around the world, but um, the issue of mental health really hasn't been very visible um, and so that creates inequalities. It means that people with mental health problems are much more likely to die young, for example, roughly 10 to 15 years younger than on average we know that um, people with mental health problems from particular communities, particularly uh, from racialized communities, are less likely to get help, the help and support that they need. Um, and we also know that, of course, in the very tragic area of suicide that 75% of people who take their own lives in the UK are men. So there are a whole range of different inequalities uh, that, that, that that we want to shine a light on so that we make sure that when we're thinking about mental our mental health, we're really truly thinking about everyone's mental health. Um, uh, it's in particular, those people who maybe um, find it harder to get Help and support, or indeed maybe may find it harder to speak out
2: well that's fascinating, and I, I, I wish you luck um, drawing attention to that theme this year and um, I mean it resonates there's perhaps more to talk about about how the worlds of infrastructure and mental health um, connect here, particularly around the the uh, theme of inequality, um, because just a few thoughts spring to mind as you're speaking there, um, firstly. One of the most satisfying things I think for us about working in the world of infrastructure is the fact that by providing safe, reliable, affordable access to things like clean water and sanitation and power uh, and transportation and ultimately education and healthcare around the world, we're um, addressing issues of human dignity. Um, We're creating um, employment opportunities and assisting social mobility around the world, uh, and ultimately the Sustainable Development Goals, of which uh, inequality is SDG 10, I think. Um, all the SDGs are underpinned by, in some way or another, by by infrastructure. So there's there's relevance there. And then, as you talk about the pandemic, I think we have all felt the importance, realised the importance of digital infrastructure and connectivity um, for providing us with well-being during the pandemic and of course digital inequalities are something we're all now thinking about uh, much more clearly than we would have done only a couple of years ago Uh, and the final thought and I think again the pandemic has shone a light on this are issues around design of infrastructure particularly around urban design as we think more about green spaces within cities, um, the feeling of community that we have, um, issues of security and safety within our community um, and overall health and well-being and its relationship to infrastructure. So I think there's a variety of ways there in which um, the work that we do um, is relevant to people's mental well-being and that's perhaps a, a topic that we won't go into any further today but is worth us as a community reflecting on um, a bit deeper. I don't know if that um, resonates with you, Paul.
0: Well I'm, I'm already learning a lot more about the infrastructure uh, world for start, <laughs> uh, and, and I, I suppose in a sense if it's all about, in, you know, if, if you're, your, the, the, the kind of work that you and your organisations do is all about bringing people together creating environments whether they're you know the real world environments or digital environments um, uh, and and indeed uh, creating the opportunity for connection then mental health is absolutely present in all those uh, all those spaces all those environments and it's interesting thinking for example about Green spaces. We've, you know, we know that a lot of people have really benefited from during the pandemic from being able to go just for a short walk uh, to be able to, you know, kind of recharge their batteries. And we know that's really good for our our, our mental health. and And I, I wonder, perhaps, um you could tell 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 me a little bit about your own understanding about your own mental health and um and indeed how you look after it.
2: So I guess I've thought um, consciously about mental health as well as my physical health for about the last 20 years. And um, like many of the people watching this video, um, uh, yeah, I've had jobs that have demanded uh, long hours, um, quite a bit of um, travel, being away from the family and so on. Uh, and so you have to make an effort to um, stay physically and also mentally fit. And the things I found useful over the years are, you referred to green spaces making time every day, particularly at the start of the day, um, for exercise of some sort, whether that's a walk or a trip to the, um, gym, uh, focusing on your, um, sleep, trying to get a good night's, um, sleep. And generally a warning sign to me that I'm stressed is when I'm not getting a good night's, Mm. um, sleep, um, I find uh, mindfulness exercises, which I'm sure I do wrongly, but um, nevertheless, I find them uh, a useful way to uh, relax. And actually things like that become more important when uh, you're feeling stressed rather than a sort of an optional thing you can put to um, one side. Um, Ultimately, of course, relationships with friends and family and colleagues are important. Um, and also specifically I found useful having a support group of people I know in similar roles to myself and over the years many times uh, have been struck by the value of a conversation with a group of like-minded people who are saying I'm going through exactly the same um, thing as you and that's often um, very reassuring Um, and then the last thing that springs to mind is uh, I'm borderline obsessive about um organizing myself and making lists and um uh getting stuff out of my head and onto paper so the um, so that my my mind isn't too cluttered while I'm trying to focus on things so um yeah in answer to your question um mental health feels like a a dial rather than an on-off switch um it's something to be conscious of uh and managed and um I think we all just pick up techniques over the years for uh for controlling it does that make does that make sense is that is that a is that a good way of thinking about one's mental health
0: yeah i, th- I think i think it's a really good way and, and you know thank you for you know being o- o- honest about the fact that you know the kind of jobs that you and many other people do puts uh big pressure onto people and recognizing <laughs> um recognizing both the fact that that is likely to happen it's just it's it's an almost an inevitability however good you are at controlling or managing your job but recognizing that that might happen is a really important step to take and then and then in turn having your own particular sort of set list of uh activities that you know help counterbalance that 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 feeling of stress or potentially being overwhelmed is really is is a really good way of thinking about it and we quite often ask people uh, in the work we do in workplaces just to you know just to take a couple of minutes to write down three or four uh things that they do to look, look after and maintain their mental health and a number of the things you mentioned often come up it's uh for some people it's physical activity for some people it's physical inactivity things like mindfulness or yoga mm. um for some people it's uh it, it's about connecting with friends for other people it's about having a a pastime or a hobby that completely immerses yourself and means you escape from the world of social media or whatever or whatever or indeed the tyranny of your emails. so so i think i think that's exactly the right model is to think about think about your mental health in the context of you know your work and your life and then think about what you can do to to um, create that protection around your mental health that means that when those stresses inevitably do come along you know what you need to do to manage them.
2: Yeah, don't even get me stood on the tyranny of emails that we'll end up making a whole podcast series um, if we're not careful. Um, you, you must be gratified as well Paul that um, not only are we talking about mental health more but employers are taking it more seriously um, as well, and um, I imagine most of the organisations that are tuned into this um, uh, video have some sort of system of support or are giving it serious thought.
0: Yes, uh, I think the area the area of workplace mental health has been. Uh a quiet revolution really over the last five or six years and we've seen, we've been working in this area now for about 10 years but in the, it's been in the last five or six that we've seen a real acceleration when it comes to um, employers really thinking about supporting the world, the mental health of their, of their people and um, I think actually it's accelerated even more during the pandemic. Um, one really easy thing for organizations to do is to go and sign up and support the mental health at work commitment, um, which, uh, which is a really easy way of, of, of organizations to show their, their high level commitment to, to investing and supporting the mental health of their of their people, but it also gives a really easy uh, guide to what you can do um, around that and things like how to construct a mental health plan for your organisation, what are the useful tips and hints you can put in place to support line managers who uh, often hold quite a lot of these issues um, and a whole host of other activities. So all of that is on the Mental Health at Work website. Um, And we also at MIND um, run the Workplace Wellbeing Index, which is the only um, uh, kind of mental health specific benchmarking tool for organisations to look at their their, their performance against other against other organisations, and um, that uh, that that there's plenty of information available on on Mind's website about about that as well. But I think what's really encouraging is this sense that you know whether it's leaders like yourself talking openly about your mental health, or whether it's mental health champions within organisations that slowly but surely that stigma is receding and I think we now need to think about how we reach out into organisations who maybe find that harder whether that's maybe small or medium-sized businesses or or indeed um, on an international space where there's a really uh, excellent new global business initiative for mental health uh, which is modelling quite a lot of some of the work we've done in the UK um, to make it more available more, more widely and I think there's real opportunity to, uh, especially as we start to come out of this pandemic, hopefully, uh, to really centre um, organisational recovery into uh, around the mental health of your people, many of whom would have had an extremely tough time uh, and will need that help and support to be able to get back to to full performance. So a big opportunity, I think, to really, really locate mental health in the heart of the recovery.
2: Mm. Um. Fantastic, and and some useful guidance you've given there to employers thinking about mental health, and we'll make a point of posting links and resources at the end of this video and on our on our website. Um, and to the stigma point, as you're talking, I mean, it just strikes me as crazy that yeah. You know, I'm happy to talk to people if I've got a bad back. I'm happy to tell people all about that. Um, why shouldn't I equally be happy to talk about it if I've got an issue weighing heavily on my, on my mind? So I'm glad that stigma is um, gradually disappearing. Before we wrap up, Paul, uh, and thank you again for your time today, um, just for anyone who's listening, who's got more serious concerns about their mental health issues and perhaps doesn't have that support network at work, um, a quick word on any advice you would have to people seeking support in that sort of situation?
0: Sure. So three very simple actions, really. First of all, find a friend or a family member who you trust and talk. Uh, Find the quiet space to be able to do that really openly uh, about how you're feeling. Please don't suffer in silence. Um, secondly, if you need access to information and support, please do go visit the mind website and other, and we can connect you to other organizations in, 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 in around the world in terms of accessing information and support for your mental health. So you, as people are often a bit worried about what might be happening to them and then thirdly please do seek professional support if you're if you really feel as though your mental health is deteriorating um primary care and secondary care services you know do provide excellent help and support to people um and services are open a whole wide range of, of services available through, through different routes but please you know that my most important message is Please don't bottle it up. Please don't suffer in silence. Reach out and seek help and support, and, and you will find it.
2: And I think those simple steps can seem quite difficult to take when you're in that sort of situation. Even just opening up to someone can be can be hard. So thank you for thank you for that advice. Um, well, Paul, thank you very much um, for your time today. Um, thank you everyone for listening and as I say um, we will post links and resources um, at the end of the video and on the website uh, and you can find more episodes of this series on the knowledge harbour at um, IPFA. Paul thank you, wish you well with your work and with World Mental Health Day on Sunday, thanks for your time.
0: Thanks very much Nick, I really enjoyed the conversation.
1: Huge thanks to Nick Chisholm and Paul Farmer for this important conversation. Special thanks also for this episode to Daisy Brooker and Madeline Lowe of the IPFA. This episode was edited and mixed by Bren Russell and Kenny Whitelaw Jones, and this is the project. Thanks for listening.